0: This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I'm your host, Art Wiederman. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, growing our audience. We're just thrilled with the progress of our podcast, and uh, we're uh, quickly approaching 100 episodes. I'm really excited about that, and we have a great, great episode today. Two of my dear, dear friends in dentistry, Dr. Sharon Tiger and Robert Edwards, who's a member of our Academy of Dental CPAs, uh, are going to be on. Robert is a dental-specific CPA, and Sharon is one of the uh, most well-known and well-respected dental management consultants in the country, and they happen to be married to each other. So it'll be a very interesting conversation we're going to have about uh, what what they've seen with dentists, what they're recommending to their clients. And again, during this COVID-19 process, which we're now about three and a half months into, what I'm doing now that we don't have a whole lot of PPP news to talk to you about, which has been dominating our podcast for a couple months, is is we want to bring you information that's going to help you and motivate you. To help bring your practice back in the most successful way, we are very optimistic at how the dental profession has come out of the gate once offices have opened across the United States in the last approximately 30 days. So what I want to do now is give you a little information, and I'll give you a quick PPP update, and we'll get to Dr. Tiger and uh, Robert here in a second. If you want to get a hold of me in my office in Southern California, my number is 714-505-9000. Please give me a call. If you want to email me a question about anything uh, uh, that has to you know, PPP, taxes, uh, who do I think is going to win the NBA championship, I mean, whatever whatever you want me to do, um, I'll be happy to answer your questions. I've answered hundreds of emails. It's um, Art Wiederman, that's W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at gmail.com. Don't spell it E-I. That's what the state of New York did when I got my birth certificate when I was born almost 61 years ago. So, you know, it's it's artwiederman at gmail.com. Please go on to our um, partner's uh, website, which is Decisions in Dentistry. Fantastic clinical magazine, fantastic content, continuing education, the the, the best uh, who's who uh, in dentistry as far as an advisory board. Uh, their website is www.decisionsanddentistry.com. And if you are not working with a dental-specific CPA, shame on you, folks. I've been touting this for a year and a half, and I will continue to do that. Uh, you need to go on to our website for the Academy of Dental CPAs, 24 CPA firms that represent over 9,000 dentists all over the country, and you are going to hear one of the best of those 24 today, who happens to be in Dallas, Texas, Robert Edwards, and that website is www.adcpa.org. Go ahead and, and log on, go to find a member, go you know, pick the state, and we got you covered. So quick PPP update, the only thing that changed this week, and again, we're recording here on July 3rd. The only thing that changed is that the uh, the deadline for filing and applying for PPP loans, are still about $130 billion left. The deadline for filing for that was June 30th, and that was two days ago. Well, the House passed a bill and extended that deadline on June 30th to the 8th of August, and the Senate, we thought, was going to go on recess, but they, too, Passed the bill Don't know Did not hear that the president has signed it But I suspect that he will Because it's a very bipartisan uh, You know Act So we believe that uh, If it is not law now It will be shortly Maybe after the The recess um, Is that uh, You will be able to If you have not applied For a PPP loan You will be able to do that Up through the 8th of August And folks If you haven't It's a good time to do it We're not going to get deep into that So Today, I want to go to my guests, uh, Dr. Sharon Tiger, dear, dear friend. I've known Sharon for a long, long time, and her husband, Robert Edwards, are with us today. So Dr. Tiger is a nationally renowned dental consultant. Uh, her main focus is patient loyalty and retention. Uh, she helps her doctors present um, uh, treatment planning and cases to their um, to their patients with great success. Uh, she's a frequent lecturer at, at uh, local, state, national meetings, and she actually came, I believe it was in Oklahoma City, to present to the ADCPA. And I remember taking, oh, at least seven or eight pages of copious notes, which I still have. So Sharon is wonderful. And her husband is uh, Robert Edwards. Robert is our Academy of Dental CPA member in Dallas, Texas, a dear, dear friend of mine. And uh, he's the founder of Edwards and Associates, a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, and Robert's firm, uh, with her partner with with his partner Lynn Ledbetter, works with approximately 425 dentists to help clients uh, with their uh, trending towards financial success, helping with startups and build their practices. And Robert is a proud graduate of Texas Tech University. Uh, sharon i forgot to mention sharon uh, uh we call her dr sharon dr sharon has a doctorate in guidance and counseling from the university of arkansas she has degrees in communication and education from montclair state university and monmouth college which means folks that she's way too intelligent to be on this podcast but we let her on anyway hey guys welcome to the art of dental finance and management
1: Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it.
0: My Thank pleasure you. and honor and, and stuff. And and, and uh, I, I just want to imagine what the dinner conversation is at your dinner table on a nightly basis.
2: Anything but dentistry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're two of the smart ones, I get that. So
1: if we talk about dentistry and our twenty three year old daughter sitting with us at dinner, she is really does not want to hear about dentistry.
0: Not not interested. So.
1: Not interested.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I've met your daughter, and she is absolutely wonderful and darling. And uh, thank you. Uh, very, we think, very.
1: We think so too. Yeah.
0: Very, very smart young lady. <laughs> so, um, again, let, let, let's talk about what the last eleven or twelve weeks of your lives have been like. I mean, we got to March sixteenth. This all hit. Uh, Robert, you sat down with your team and said, "Oh my goodness, uh, dental offices." When did they start shutting down in uh, in Texas?
2: Uh, As I recall, it was March the 18th, I think it was a Thursday, and uh, it was just as rapidly as snapping your fingers. Overnight, everything changed. We sent the employees home, told them to work from home until further notice, Uh, and then we started monitoring things, including the development of the uh, CARES Act and uh, the act that preceded that, and it's just been a whirlwind for the last three months since then, uh, things, so many things have changed, as you know. And I don't know if we'll ever see the same normal that we had pre-COVID.
0: Well, the, the, the good news is nationwide, here in California, dentists are coming out. They seem to be doing pretty well. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, and so Sharon, talk a little bit about what. I mean, you work with clients not only in Texas, but you work with clients all over the country, don't you?
1: Right. And so I, I've, coming back, I mean, coming back right now, I feel like I'm really surprised about how well they're doing. And, you know, they're probably doing about what Robert's found in Texas is they're doing about 70% of production of what they did before, which is a good start out of the gate.
2: We we sent out a survey to our clients, uh, I think about the 10th of June after they had been reopened for a month. And out of 50 responses, we found that about two thirds were at 70% of average monthly production for 2019 or better. And 10% of that 72 thirds uh, indicated they were at 100% of last year's production. So they've come back really strong
1: and another thing that I found is that um, right when they came out, you know, it was really interesting. The hygiene was really filled um, and doctor production was a little slow. Uh, and then after that, they the following month, they, I mean, they've just all really picked up well.
0: So, Sharon, let, let's start off the conversation. OK, obviously, this thing hit and you work with clients. Uh, obviously, you had to take some actions and, and some action and, and help your doctors. They had like. The rest of the country, the dentists had, you know, eight to 12 weeks off, depending on when they shut down and when they, um, when they opened back up. What were you doing with your doctors during that time?
1: So during that time, I was on the phone nonstop <laughs> talking about what they're going to do with their team, even with the PPP information. They wanted to know what they were going to do with their team. Did we need to do Zoom calls on training? A lot of them wanted to do training with their team and see if they could use that time to do some training. Uh, And and then a lot of them just wanted to talk through what's going to happen. I think they needed just an ear to listen and tell them that it's going to be okay and we're going to get there, but they wanted to know how they, you know, they wanted to know what's going to happen.
0: And and what did you tell them?
1: I told them that this was going to just be a little time lapse, a little blip. And that they were uh, that my, my encouragement was that they were going to be back in the practice within, you know, 60 days. And that was just a guess on my part. Well, it was a pretty good but guess. I do try to be encouraging. And I did tell them that this is a great time to take care of things, paperwork that they haven't taken care of. Some of them actually had me do some Zoom calls when they were allowed to be in the practice and just treat emergency patients. You know when those restrictions were on, where they could just treat emergency patients right. and not do all the treatments. So I was doing some Zoom call training with some of them.
0: In regards to, uh,
1: they just you know had a how what what are we going to say on the telephone? That right. was a big thing. Is what are we going to say on the telephone to reassure them that we have taken all the safety precautions? And that, it, that it, it would be safe for them to come back to the practice and using those verbal skills so that patients don't cancel.
0: So, so were you or, encouraging them to call all of their patients during this time off uh, one by one and see how they were doing and all that stuff?
1: Uh, no, I, not not one by one, but they periodically called some patients. I huh. wouldn't say they called all the patients in the practice. Okay. But, but I think they checked on patients periodically. Okay. And they did have a lot of patients calling them wanting information and wanting to know what's going on and, and wanting to know what's going to happen.
0: But, but the, you say most of your doctors were open for emergencies, right?
1: Yes, they were open for emergencies. Oh, good. Until the last second, until, <laughs> until the last little bit second, they were open for emergencies. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. And, and, and they were taught, you know, they wanted the, the verbal skills on what should we say to our patients, even when they're here for an emergency, what we say to the patients when the patients call and what's the verbal skills we should use to reassure them.
0: And, and so, uh, so give us an example. Let, let's let say, I mean, obviously the offices are now open. So give us an example, Sharon, if, if we get a patient who calls up and they haven't called the office and they, they think, you know, maybe something going on, but, you know, Dr. Doc, doctor, doctor Tiger, I'm, I'm really, I mean, is it safe to come in and I, I'm just worried and you hear on the news. So what, what, what did, give us a, a gem or two of what a, a patient, uh, what, what a front office should be saying to patients that they call with concerns.
1: Well, the first of all, they should be saying that they understand how they feel, understand that you're, you're concerned, and we have taken every precaution. To make sure that our, you know, I, I don't want them to go into the whole thing of we've got these air filters in. We're being, I don't want them to get so detailed that it actually scares the patient. I'd right. rather them just tell the patient we've taken every precaution necessary so that our office is safe. Right, And, and that, that you won't be exposed in our office.
0: Th- that's the same concept as saying uh, when, when you teach a dentist how to, how to present a case, you don't explain, okay, so here's the handpiece we're going to use, right, and this right. is the occlusion, <laughs> and this is how much right. blood is going to come out of your mouth, and, and, and this is going to look <laughs> like, like a, a Freddy yeah. Krueger movie, right? We, we don't do that's that.
1: That's a great analogy. Yeah, well. No, so I try to tell my front desk, please keep it simple. Reassure them that we have everything in place to protect you and you don't need to miss your appointment although there will be some people i have found that have postponed their appointments till august but and, a very small percentage a very small percentage
0: okay and so robert march 15 16 seventeenth, 18 hits in in your life and your clients are shutting down are, are you are you calling clients what are they calling you what what was going on in your life
2: well, mostly they called us. Uh, I think we had a uh, a huge increase in the amount of, in the volume of phone calls as well as email and we just tried to answer their questions um, you know I'm not the warm and fuzzy guy so I wasn't really probably trying to reassure them as much as we could have but uh, we were just trying to give them the facts and let them know what was going on uh, we had no idea how long it would last but You know, I told several people I thought they'd be back in the office by the end of April. And um, in hindsight, well, and and, and in Texas, they were actually able to come back on the 4th of May. In hindsight, that was about two weeks too early. And I think that's why we have a problem today.
1: That we opened up Texas too early. Yeah, Yeah, because
2: we have a resurgence of cases now, Uh, you know, for about the first month. I got no phone calls from any of our clients uh, with questions about what happens if a staff member or myself get infected. But in the last three weeks, we've had seven or eight of our clients call that have a staff member that's been infected, or in one case, the doctor. So I'm seeing the problem, and it's becoming... I don't know if it's getting worse, but it, it certainly has been about three cases a week that I've seen.
0: And and so, then, our- yeah, obviously, we got to, some of these questions regarding if I have an employee who gets COVID, that, that may be something we need to... Uh, refer to a labor attorney in texas and you know because that's the one thing folks i want to remind you uh, robert and i have gotten i can't tell you hundreds and hundreds of questions you know well my my employee wants to stay on unemployment and and they don't want to come in and and they 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 say they have COVID, and and what do i say to them and it's like you know we're licensed cpas we're not licensed attorneys and and isn't it important robert that that this is a real point i want to make is that And I've made this over and over again, and I can't make it enough, is is that, you know, if if a doctor has got a situation with an employee that you haven't even have an inkling could be something that's confrontational or something that's controversial, uh, you just got to take a step back and get some advice, right?
2: Absolutely. Well, you have to consult with the labor attorney in your state because it's, uh, I think, unique to each state, and they need advice in that respect. Now, Texas is one of the more lenient states, a right-to-work state, and so there's not a whole lot of concern here about firing people or replacing them, Uh, but we still recommend that they get some professional legal advice.
0: Oh, absolutely. Sharon, you were going to make a comment?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was going to say that um, one of my doctors here in Texas, a a team member, um, came down with covid and she well, actually, she was feeling sick, and she went and got tested. And then all he can do is wait till the test comes back to see if she does have it, and see if the rest of them have to get tested. Whether the whole practice has to get tested because there was a front desk person.
0: I mean, that's the case, sometimes you have to think about shutting your office down completely. For a, I've had a couple of doctors that had to do that too. So
1: they shut it down for two weeks. Yes.
0: Yeah, which is which was not good and and stuff. No. So. So so, Robert. They so we got you know the first couple of weeks we didn't have a PPP. We didn't have PPP till uh, March 27th when President Trump signed the Paycheck Protection Program Act. Um, so did, did did all of your doctors apply? Is that what the main conversation that you had with them uh, financially, or were they asking you other questions?
2: Yeah, you know, the the main conversation was should I apply uh, because they knew that the um, increased benefits were there for unemployment they knew that if they put their employees on unemployment they would probably get paid more than they had been paid on payroll and so they weren't sure if they needed the money or not we encouraged everyone to apply at that point in time we had no idea if the money would run out if it would be replenished if the program would be extended so we were trying to tell them to get the money while it was available and uh i know there were some other firms out there that had indicated that they should wait yep uh and and because they were closed but the whole point of the program was to pay your employees and uh doctors really didn't want to take the money if they were going to be closed they wanted the employees to go get unemployment and you know it worked out well Uh, i had a lot that applied for it and those that didn't apply for it in the first round applied for it in the second round I don't know that every single one of our clients got a PPP loan, but I would be willing to bet it was above 90%. Yeah,
0: that, that's about what mine was too and, and what we told them and what we told everybody is that, you know, the government wanted you to pay people the minute you got the money if you wanted the forgiveness. Now, if forgiveness wasn't a big deal and you needed the money for when you open, you hang on to the money. But if you wanted forgiveness, and I don't know about you, Robert, but with me, I mean, everybody was about. I mean, I was getting emails that said, okay, Art, you will show me how to get the maximum forgiveness, and that's your number one job. And I said, okay, if you want to do that, then you got to put everybody back on payroll immediately and pay them exactly what you were paying them before the pandemic and do that for eight weeks and if you did that you would get full forgiveness and the problem robert that you and i had with our clients was that number one their employees were out on unemployment number two um their offices weren't open right and 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 what were they saying to you when you told them that
2: well that was exactly correct their offices were not open and so a lot of them Knew that their employees were on unemployment, and so they they couldn't really pay them and have them continue to get unemployment. So they didn't want to. They wanted to preserve the money, the PPP money, until the offices reopened, uh, and and so they didn't start using the money until they reopened, and then they couldn't have used it all by June thirtieth uh, for the designated purposes. So it's uh, great that uh, Congress finally understood that and extended. The program yeah, that enabled most people to use the money for payroll, mainly, if not a hundred percent, and it made it a lot easier to get full forgiveness for the PPP loan.
0: So, so Sharon, as a coach, I, I, I know you're not a, a you don't do CPA work and, but thank goodness w- yeah. I have
1: my husband. That's right.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's funny. The first time I met my wife, Lynn, we, we met in an aerobics class. And, uh-huh. you know, I was, a, I mean, I'm not much smarter now, but I was a stupid 20, 23 <laughs> year old, uh, when I met my wife back in 19, uh, 1983 or 24 years old and we're in the aerobics. <laughs> And as we're walking out of the aerobics class, I said, "So, so who does your taxes? <laughs> what a great pickup line that was, right?"
1: Yeah, right. And she well, stayed in- I actually I, Again That is what you're saying
0: <laughs> Anyway So I was That has nothing to do With our topic But I just popped Into my oh, head I
1: actually Met Robert Because I needed Someone to do my taxes
0: Well <laughs> well, See Robert We picked the right profession yeah. And we both married <laughs> Way over our heads But anyway So 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 Sharon From a From a fi- Were these doctors Your clients Talking about Were they concerned About their finances Or did they just think That they They were going to get This PPP money and their life was good until they retired. I mean, what were were they, no, they talking? Were really, they
1: were, they were really concerned about their finances. Yeah, very concerned about how they were going to make ends meet. How are they going to pay their salaries? Uh, they uh, a lot of my phone calls were like that, right? And then uh, I would tell them, "Do you have a dental CPA?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if. Oh,
1: man. And if they didn't, I re- referred them to Robert or Robert would refer them to everything's in the Academy of NLCPAs could take care of them in right. their state. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, wa- I wanted to add one more thing that has nothing to do with what you just asked is my practices have been sending out news blasts, you know, email news blasts about how safe the practice is. Right. So, besides doing that on the telephone, sending out whether they have demand force, whether they have smile reminder, whatever kind of program they have to send out email news blasts to that feel they should reassure the patients that way. Right. Instead of waiting for them to call, uh, to get that mass communication out.
0: Communication is so, I mean, Sharon, talk about how important communication is, especially I'm,
1: now. I mean, it's the this, this. How we communicate now is just as important as it always is, but this is even more important to, that we can reassure people. Um, and I think that takes a lot of patience, time. We can't like run out of the operatory. We have to spend time as we should with patients. Uh, the front desk has to, business team has to know how to communicate with the patients in such a way that they're not scared and they don't have fear because they have fear to begin with, but to reassure them about what's going on now. And, and,
0: uh, it's
2: certainly and more critical now than it was before.
0: Oh my goodness. And 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 you know, we've been talking the last several weeks on the podcast about how important it is to explain to patients the the relationship between the health of your mouth and your immune system and right. keeping and 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 I'm a broken record, folks. Uh you know, you you you're, you're going to listen to part well, Wiederman's repeating himself again. Yes, he is because I think Sharon and I'd love your take on this is one of the great Ways that we can get patients to accept treatment is to, to convince them that with a strong mouth, you have a much better chance of fighting this COVID-19. And now with, you know, we, we're having these outbreaks and what's happening here in California. I mean, they literally shut the state down for July 4th weekend. No beaches, no restaurants, no nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, wow. it's, 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 uh, it's nothing. And so basically. You know, people in their minds are starting to hear more cases, more people getting sick. The hospitals are overflowing. There's no room. And, and, and so what a great, isn't that a great opportunity? I
1: think it's a great opportunity, a great opportunity about how, how your mouth is connected to your whole body. And, and how you take care of your mouth. It's, it's going to affect your immune system.
0: Right. So what other uh, things are you telling your doctor, Sharon, to say to patients? I mean, any, any, anything that we can share with our audience about, uh, you know, things they should be saying to their patients, uh, that are important that they should emphasize?
1: Regarding
0: anything, uh, anything. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, regarding, regarding why it's important that we do this treatment or, 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 you know, why it's important that your mouth is, I mean, just, just things that, that we can help with.
1: Well, uh, one of the things I can tell you is that before they start speaking, it'd be really good if they had an inter-all picture up. Okay. So, uh, you know, we can talk all we want, but the inter cameras are not used enough. They're not utilized in a way because that is a huge enrollment. Uh, use showing a picture, showing pictures of what's going on, you know, showing your mouth is bleeding, even showing bleeding on the camera for the hygienists to show bleeding on the camera.
0: And, and um, what and does that mean? And
1: they're not used yeah. as much. And what is this bleeding? Look at all this bleeding. Oh, well, my mouth always bled. Well, that's a sign of unhealthy. That's not a healthy mouth if your if your gums were always bleeding. And, 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 and for and the doctors to show the, to- the tooth, the tooth that's broken.
0: Yeah, and and talk about Sharon. Talk about the hygiene department and the periodontal uh, situations. I mean, you know, you, you and I both know we've talked about it. I've talked to everybody I know in dentistry. I mean, periodontal disease is underdiagnosed in the dental profession. I'm making a generalization. No, now no, doctors, good, now right. doctors don't, don't don't say not in my office. You're you're full of baloney. Art no, I'm not because we see or, the national averages.
1: Or I've heard um we don't have perio in our practice. I said, amazing. Really? <laughs> we don't have perio in Do they
0: have practice. teeth? I mean, come on, really? But since
1: 80% of our population has some sort of periodontal problems. Right. It's got to exist in every practice, but I feel like, uh, no hygienists and doctors alike are hesitant to bring it up. So they bring it up very lightly. They don't say that it's a disease. They don't say that it's, um, we have to put the disease in remission. They don't refer to it that strongly. They just say, Oh, you have a little bleeding here because they don't want to upset the patient.
0: Right. And, and, and that's,
1: and, and it's so imperative that your periodontal disease is taken care of and that they speak to it as a disease and they speak about its relationship to heart disease, Alzheimer's, um, diabetes. It relates to so many things in your body. They haven't found all the things that it relates to. Well, yeah. But and it's imperative. It's almost like malpractice, not diagnosing it.
0: That's a, I lo- I'm glad you said that word because I get calls. Well, my hygienist, she just doesn't believe as much in it as I do. You've I, heard that, right?
1: <laughs> right, absolutely yeah. heard that. Yeah. I've heard that, and I've sometimes heard the doctor not believing it, which is just incredible oh, to me. Oh,
0: that's frightening to me. I mean, they're, But they're...
1: I feel like the hygienists have to address this, especially look at what we have going on now with COVID, you know, and with our immune systems. So if we're going to, like, break down our immune systems with perio, we have to fix that. Okay. We have to treat that periodontal disease. We have to address it as a disease. We have to let them know what it how it uh, relates to so many things that happen in their body, the heart disease.
0: Right. Oh.
1: And I feel like especially during this time, we have to address it.
0: Oh, absolutely. So I want to take a second. We're about halfway through our show today. I want to let the two of you, folks, these are two, first of all, they're they're wonderful, wonderful human beings and have done a lot to help the dental profession. Uh I mean, you know, Robert has become one of my dear friends in the academy, and um we got to spend uh we get to spend time out on a fishing boat and uh at one of our ADCPA meetings, caught some Mahi Mahi. That was really fun. The families got together. And 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 you know, Robert Robert is one of the premier dental CPAs in the country, and Sharon uh, is as good as it gets as far as a coach. So I, I'd like uh, if if either if you have a. Um, a need to work with somebody uh, again the Academy of Dental CPAs is the best in the business and you know Sharon works you're nationwide you can work with anybody anywhere right Sharon?
1: Right my practice is all over okay
0: all so let's, I want each of you to give out your contact information it will be on the show notes uh, on our website which is www.hmwccpa.com which in about two and a half weeks will become www.idbailey. But uh, for now, Sharon, go ahead. How can folks get a hold of you? Uh, Email address and a phone number.
1: Email address, TXTiger, the number two, at gmail.com.
0: Okay. And And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Phone
1: number is 214 673
0: 8399. Perfect. Mr. Robert, uh, your office, you're in Dallas, right?
2: We're in Dallas, and uh, the best way to get a hold of us is just to call the office and ask for Christy. She is our uh, Director of Client Communications. Okay. Our phone number is 972-267-9191.
0: And is there an email address? The
2: uh, email is uh, Christy, K-R-I-S-T-I-S, at E and Associates. Dot com All spelled out E-A-N-D associates dot com.
0: Yeah, that's great. And Robert is our is our guy in the state of Texas. And so if you're in El Paso or you're in Houston or you're uh, in Galveston, he's he's the guy to give a call to. And um, uh, they both uh, do a great job. So now I know you two work on cases sometimes together. Right. And, and so I want to hear the synergy between the two. How do you How do you do that? I mean, we don't have the opportunity. I don't think. Uh uh, well, we have, we have, uh, we have one other dental that I can think of, unless I'm missing somebody, uh, a dental married couple in the ADCPA, which is Jim Boltz and, uh, Christy Bolts. And Christy was yeah. on the podcast two weeks ago. Um, so, but there, that's, that's a CPA marketing. This is CPA consulting. Um, so, so when you guys, uh, look at each other and say, you know, we got to work together on this case, how, how do you do that?
1: So, so I can be out consulting. And I will, or I'll be speaking to a client, one of my clients, and I hear what's going on with them. And I know that they don't have their finances in order. It's hard for me to set goals with them if if they don't know what what their break-even number is. They don't know about their overhead. And if I find that my clients are working with, you know, they usually love the CPA they're with, but if it's not a dental CPA, they don't have all the information they need to keep their dental practice profitable. And so I usually refer them to Robert. And I I contact Robert and I let him know what I think is missing. And what he usually does, which I think is fabulous, is he asks at no charge to review their last two years' worth of tax returns. Nice. And um, then I get him connected with them. And then from then on, he and I work with them together. I work with them on practice management he works with them on financial planning and their taxes and often we'll have a three-way call together with them if we have something that we need to go over together so the uh i just got a text really 5 minutes before our our, our broadcast that said my client said um i so appreciate it's a blessing to have you and robert looking out for me which I thought that was really sweet.
0: Well, that that is. And, and I have been preaching, uh, you know, if you're working with Robert or you're working with me or you're working with anybody else in the ADCPA, how important it is now, Sharon, to, to have Absolutely. a dental coach, consultant, you know, some like to be called consultants, some like to be called right. coaches, uh, you know, whatever it is, and, and how important it is to have a consultant on your team to, to, to be able to talk to the CPA. Uh, so, so Robert, so now you're working with one of Sharon's clients. Are you, are you doing like an annual budget? Are you, ta- what are you talking to them about?
2: Well, you know, what I find is when her clients come on board, they haven't had the kind of service that we're used to giving our clients. So they literally don't know what their breakeven point is. They don't know what their target goal is for the month, for the year they don't have any financial goals. And so what we do is we help them set those goals and then we monitor their progress on getting there and we try to help them, between Sharon and I, we try to coach them on ways to achieve those goals. And then we provide them the traditional tax and accounting services, but that's compliance work. What I really focus on is the planning. Tax planning, financial planning, setting up a retirement plan, explaining to them the reasons that they need to implement these things And even in some cases, we're able to uh, help them with their fees or refer them to a a company that can do some marketing for them. Anything to help them increase their business to get to their goals.
0: And and are your clients pretty pretty receptive to that?
1: I think the clients I refer to him, uh, are. are, I, I feel they've worked with me for a while. And they're very receptive. You know, they know before getting into with Robert. They've had so many phone calls where I've gotten him on the line when they haven't, when they were working with their own accountant. And yeah. I've been, I'm I'm at their office, and I get Robert on the line to answer a few questions. So we kind of create the relationship with them before they even start with Robert. Right. I said, oh, let me call Robert and ask him that that question because their CPA couldn't give them that answer. Yeah.
0: And, and folks, I, I'll, I'll tell you again. Um, and if this is an advertisement for the ADCPA, I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> I have, I have, I have seen, I, I mean, I've gotten probably, I'm guessing 30 emails over this COVID period that says art. My, uh, my CPA doesn't even know how the PPP program works. I, I've not been able to do any of this. The only way I've been able to do is by listening to your webinars and your podcasts. And, and, and it's just, it's amazing, folks, how much more value you get working with someone who understands your profession. So anyway, w- with that said, I want to move on to another topic, guys. This is an interesting topic. So, um, here's the concept of, of, insurance companies and PPOs and PPE expenses so I get the question a lot All right. so you know that we have a lot of additional expenses in the practice on PPE equipment do, do you think I should just charge a patient of you know 10 15 25 dollars extra or should I just raise my fees now obviously we have to take off the table the conversation if you're contracted with a, um, right. a with an insurance company because that's a we'll get into that conversation in a second but what are you guys telling your clients what's your advice on that one because that's a that's a pertinent topic here
1: so I, I am not telling them to raise their fees i feel like we're having enough getting them in the office right now
2: okay yeah i think um, it's a bad time to be raising a bad fees time or charging to extra fees, fees. all right.
1: And doing something that's gonna uh, turn them off All of a sudden, we're charging something extra. And I feel like at a time like this, when we need our patients, then I think that's the worst time to do that.
0: Maybe somewhere down the road when I mean, again, we'll just have to see if a year from now. I mean, hopefully we'll have a a vaccine and treatments for this that it will be you know it's different than the flu it's 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 more harsh than the flu but hopefully i mean there there's some really smart medical minds in this country and and hopefully we can go back to some semblance of the way things were done before that'll be interesting uh, that that'll be interesting too so you you guys I, don't I, bol- I,
1: I just don't really feel like this is the time to charge them now if they want to they can they can uh, file insurance and see some of their a few insurance companies are paying for it
0: Right, Delta of California just announced uh that they will they will reimburse temporarily $10 on uh, some of the 0100 codes. And they specifically say, don't use the 1999 code and you can't charge the patient separately. And uh, yeah, that's that kind of, which leads me into my next conversation, which is really important, I think. So I'm getting, you know, I'm getting doctors who are calling me and I'm hearing on webinars as I listen to my share of webinars that, that about going out of network with insurance. And I I mean, you know, any any Sharon, I I, I'd be interested about your opinion about PPOs and I I probably know the answer. But now that we have these higher expenses, maybe we have a little lower, um, you know, a little lower in revenues because we're spending more time and we're doing social distancing. What are you talking to your? I mean, are you telling your clients, "Hey, maybe now it's time to start looking at maybe going out of network on some of these PPOs"? Or what are you telling your clients?
1: I am not telling my clients to drop any of their PPOs. Okay. <laughs> nope. Because I, I feel it's a. This is a. This is an odd time. This is a time where we want all the patients to come in, we want our revenue to go up, and we want things to be back to normal. And I I, I think when a time when we're concerned about finances and we're concerned about COVID is not the time to drop your PPOs. But it looks like you have a different opinion well no
0: <laughs> well, no, 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 let me tell you what my opinion is, and again, uh, you know again, my joke is this is why I have no friends because sometimes we don 't agree, but i it 's not i don 't disagree with you at all. what I think is you this might be a good time to examine where you are with insurance and to start looking at your realization on some of these plans. And I mean, if you're getting, I mean, I've seen some plans, as I'm sure you have, Sharon, that they're getting 30 and 40% of UCR and the doctors just never addressed it. No, no, I agree. I mean, you, in the middle of a, uh, you know, the most important time to, to keep patients and keep relationships to add on top of them, you know, oh, by the way, I'm going out of network. I am in no way, shape or form folks suggesting, I'm suggesting you look at it. And you know if it's not profitable for you, I mean, if you're getting seventy, seventy-five, eighty percent of UCR, I, I get it. You're you're absolutely right, Sharon. You know, let, let's see where it's going. Maybe a year from now, when things are back to normal,
1: now. And I always have them looking at that art. I yeah. always have them looking at their uh, PPOs and um, and saying, okay, is this one we should drop now? Look at how the return of the benefits. It's not. It's not. It's not working.
2: Right. Well, and our, our, You know, that's what I was going to say. I think it's a little early to be right. assessing yeah. the PPOs. I think, like you said, uh, maybe not a year, but maybe eight months, maybe around the end of this year. Uh, and once things have kind of returned to the new normal, whatever that is, right. I think at that point, then they got to look at where they are, what plans they're accepting, evaluate those and drop the ones that are th- the, the lowest reimbursement.
1: Now and, and Robert and I usually refer companies to do that to help them with that.
0: Yes, as as do I, and, and and there are some very very good companies that do this. Yeah. So so now Sharon, we talk about the fact that doctors uh, are on PPOs, but um, I want to talk about uncompleted treatment plans, and I want to talk about case okay. presentation for a second because okay. my experience is that you know doctors keep saying I need I need thirty new patients a month. I need four. I don't not getting new patients, and 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 what I'm looking at is I'm saying you maybe you don't need as many new patients maybe you need to make sure that they're not going out the back door and that you're treating the ones you have and that they're accepting excellent. their cases so talk about that excellent so, question and so we're love so to talk about so about we're that. going to agree on something right
1: yes <laughs> <definitely
0: knows. laughs> no we agree on a lot not for everything you guys no, and i, I we, spent, we've been friends for a long time we agree on a lot but go ahead
1: i, I spend a lot of time with my practices on L- not letting unscheduled treatment walk out the door. And the way I address this is that they're, the way to not lose patients a uh, treatment uh, is at the morning huddle. And if they're not having a morning huddle, that, that shame on them telling them shame on them. How can I say this? Because I in the morning huddle, I have a format that I use where they go over, they have their route sheets in their hands, And they're going over the unscheduled treatment for each one of their patients that day. And they're speaking to that they're going to have an interval picture up on the camera for each patient on one aspect of their unscheduled treatment. And they're going to address it in the operatory that day. So if you don't find this in the morning huddle, if you don't address we have unscheduled treatment, we have to have an interval picture up, we have to address it, and we have to show them the urgency and the value of them taking care of it. It's going to just drop out. Unskilled treatment will just never get taken care of. But so I feel like the plan is it has to be discussed at the morning huddle.
0: So, so let's talk Does about. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it absolutely makes sense to me. But, and let's talk about the different players in this un you know, treatment plan. We've got an assistant. We've got a hygienist and absolutely. we've got maybe a treatment coordinator or maybe just a front office person. The, the coordination. So, so Sharon, you, you go and, and Art Wiederman's coming in at 10 o'clock and he's getting his cle- te- teeth clean. But, you know, we've been talking to him about these, uh, you know, these two crowns, um, uh, you know, for a year now and, and it, and it's really not, it's something we want to emphasize. So uh, who's the one that's, that's having the conversation? Is it the hygienist? Is it the, you know, what, well, what is if it?
1: If they're coming in for their hygiene appointment, it'll be the hygienist who will get those two pictures of those two crowns up. Right, right, and then she will address it about yeah. how the doctor's been concerned about this because this tooth uh, is is that bra- ready to break. Let me show you on the camera here. And if we don't take care of it, it could end up being a root canal. Right, um, and so she 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 initiates it and she reinforces it. And then when the doctor comes in, she would say to the doctor, "I was speaking to Sharon about those two crowns she hasn't taken care of." And, and then he would do the same thing. He would repeat the value, why she needed to take care of it, what could happen if we don't take care of it, and the benefit of taking care of it. So she's gonna hear it twice.
0: And then we gotta go up to the front desk and we gotta we gotta seal the deal, and, right?
1: And the way we need to seal the deal is the doctor needs this is my what I say is the most important thing is the handoffs. If the handoff isn't done correctly, then the treatment won't be scheduled. And the handoff is is that the doctor would then say to the hygienist, Susan, can you take Sharon to the front and see if we can't get those two crowns scheduled next week?
0: And, and that's already been and, discussed in the, front, in, in the morning huddle, so everybody knows. That, everybody that, knows, that, so then
1: she would go up to the front and she would say to the front out loud, not so the whole world could hear, but so that patient can hear. Uh, Dr. Jones is concerned about Sharon's two teeth on the lower left, meaning a crown. He wants to know how soon we can get her in one morning next week.
0: Right. Okay. No, no, that, that, that's 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 great.
1: That handoff is the key, and the uh, discussing unscheduled treatment in the morning huddle.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 if you do not have a morning huddle, you've got to get one. It's it's not negotiable, right, Sharon?
1: Right, not negotiable.
0: Not negotiable. Absolutely not negotiable. A
1: lot of times I go and see morning huddles and all they're doing is discussing what the schedule looks for the day and they're going through each patient just looking at the schedule. That's a waste of time. We don't care about the schedule is the schedule. What we care about is what's the unscheduled treatment, who are family members, who are overdue for hygiene. Exactly. Those are the things we need to look at.
0: No, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, no, 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 Sharon, you, you have pearls of wisdom that we need to share. I want to jump back to Robert. So Robert, let's talk about financial planning for dentists. Um, I mean, that, that's more important than ever right now. And, and the dentists are not thinking about that. They're thinking about, I got to get PPE equipment. I got to pay my bills. I got to defer the loan payments. I got to, uh, you know, but, but why is that important now more than ever?
2: Well, it's more important now than ever because they're using, this pandemic as an excuse to quit funding their retirement plans. Uh And that eventually is going to set them back to working a couple of extra years, maybe as many as three or four extra years at the end of their career. So it's more important than ever to plug through this, fund the retirement plan as much as possible this year, if not a hundred percent, certainly not zero, but do something, continue to make progress toward your financial goals.
0: Right. That's, that's so critical. And, and, you know, some doctors are going to have a difficult time with that. But again, I'm finding that the ones that have planned during the pan, during the time off have done the training. Maybe they've added some, some procedures, uh, that, that, that they're going to get back to at or near a hundred percent, uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we want, we want our doctors and, and Robert, talk about, I know that, I know, and I don't know if that's the case now. I know that early when you and I met, we've known each other probably 15 years. And I know that, that one of the things that you were working, emphasizing was you were working with a lot of younger, newer practitioners who were just buying or just starting practices. Is that still the case or is that, uh,
2: It's still the case, but not to the extent. I think back when I joined the Academy of CPAs, I really believe that over 60% of our clients have been in practice five years or less. But that's changed. And especially these days, we're not seeing hardly any startups this year. But over the past 15 years, we've worked with, I don't know, maybe 400 startups. And a lot of those guys, I've been really impressed at their willingness to start savings plans right away. Um, I guess when I grew up, I was more uh, instant gratification. But these guys are more, okay, let's save because we don't want to be working for 40 years. Right. And they're doing a great job of it. Well, We've got a couple of guys that are in their 40s that are switching careers from dentistry to something else that they choose to do because they're at a point where financially they can do that.
0: Yeah, and, and it is something that I have seen, and, and one of the reasons that I am – uh, ask my. I'm, I'm obsessive about trying to save as much money as possible, um, and you have to have that balance in life. You know, the balance is you don't want to just sit home and watch TV all day and watch your bank account grow and not live your life. But on the other hand, uh, you know, dentistry is a very physically demanding profession. And we can have doctors who, when they get to their 50s and 60s, uh, their back, their neck, their shoulders, their arms, they go out. And so saving money, it doesn't go bad. And I beat my doctors over the head. Why aren't you funding your retirement plan maximum? I've actually had a couple who've gotten mad at me. And I go, okay, I won't ask you anymore. But, um you know, but I also see doctors in their 60s and 70s who very sadly will never be able to retire. And I, I have sworn that I wasn't. I mean, that's our isn't that our legacy, Robert? Our legacy is is at the end of the day when you and I call it a career that we can say, just like the dentists do with their patients, that we helped, you know, hundreds and hundreds of right. dentists. And same with you, Sharon. Isn't that isn't that really important?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I just want to feel like that I made a difference in their lives. Me too. You know, yeah. one of the statistics I quote a lot is that the ADA says that less than 10% of the dentists that are age 65 can afford to retire. Right. And I want to flip that on its head. I hope at least 90% of our clients, once they're age 65 or 55, for that matter, can afford to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're well on the way to doing that with a lot of the clients.
0: Yeah. And, and mine are mine are for the most part. I mean, we have some... That just live their lives and they spend money and they buy this right. and they're, they're they're afraid to tell me about things and then I'll see on their tax return another house and I'll go what's this <laughs> well well I that, yeah I I wasn't going to tell you because you would have gotten mad at me I said yes I, I not wouldn't I did get get mad at you absolutely uh, Robert I want to hit on we're getting close to the to our time here today um, I want to hit on the EIDL loans I want what what's your take on that should we I know we had a conversation in the ADC. EPA's uh, webinar that we did several weeks ago. What are you telling your clients about these EIDL loans?
2: Well, you know, I'm a big proponent of the idle loans. I think that the clients should take the money. Uh, it's uh, three and three quarter percent. It's uh, 30 years. So yeah. the payment is negligible and there are no payments for the first 12 months. And because of the resurgence of the pandemic right now, uh, and I always tell them, you know, they, they say, well, why do I need this money? And the buzz phrase is, due to the economic uncertainty, you should take the money because you never know if you're going to need it or not, and it's not going to be available forever. So take the money, keep it. A year from now, if you realize you don't need it, pay it back. There's no prepayment penalties. There's no fees for taking the money now. It's one of the cheapest loans that you'll ever be able to get. It's the easiest loan you'll ever be able to get. There's The application process is 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm telling everybody to get the money while you can. Put it in a savings account. Some of the interest you earn will offset some of the interest you owe. I mean basically at for 150,000 which seems to be a pretty standard amount that everybody's yes. getting approved for, it's going to cost you $468.50 a month in interest to have the $150,000 available if you need it.
0: Did, did you do that math in your head?
1: Yes, he just Absolutely. does that off the top of his head. <laughs> I hate you. He's a- He's amazing.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, if I need math done in my head, I know where to call. It's Dallas, (laughs) Texas, Robert Edwards. But, yeah, and I say that, too. And, again, if you've got sources of credit, uh, but, yeah, but, I mean, if you take the loan and you use it as your safety net – and you don't spend it. It's easy enough. I mean, we've, we've given, we have resources through the Academy that we, we know how to get them to pay it back. You, you can pay it back pretty quickly. Um, and stuff. And they have just, if, for those of you that don't know, uh, they had limited the EIDL loans to just agricultural and farming businesses for about a month. Uh, that happened the, the, the night after, the day after 60 Minutes did a big expose on how, uh, farming businesses had no access to any of the government loan programs.
1: Yes, I, I saw that. Yeah.
0: Yes, and I the day that. after they, they limited it, but they've now reopened it to, um, uh, to everybody. But again, and there's still people who applied at the beginning that haven't gotten it. And I've, been talking to uh we've had megan mortimer on the podcast she's from the uh the american dental association the um congressional lobbyists and she says they're still way, 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 way behind. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, if you don't have sources of credit, this could be your lifeline, you know, after, after the PPP loans are done. And, um, they, they, they need, I mean, cash is king. I'm telling people to, to build a war chest, right? Robert, they got to have money to get through this.
2: Absolutely, and 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 if they don't get the auto loan and decide later they need the money and go to the bank, it's going to be incredibly difficult to get the money from the bank because banks love to loan you money when you don't need it.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you're having
2: financial <laughs> problems, it's more difficult to get the bank to loan you the money. But the auto money is sitting here for the taking.
0: Yep, and 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 it is it is going to be. And, and here's the good news, folks. Yeah. I've done these numbers, and probably Robert, you've run them too. For the, I mean, most of the practices I work with are averaging somewhere between 500 and, and 1.5, 1.8 million in revenues. Is that probably a fair representation right. of a lot of your practices?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's a yeah. little low. I'd, I'd say maybe 700 to a million three.
0: Okay. In that range. All right. Well, but in the, in that range, right? So for those doctors, if they got a PPP loan, the average PPP loan is $113,000. And obviously the doctor that's doing 500000 is going to get less than the doctors that are doing 1. 1.3, 1. 1.5 million. But, right. um, but, but, you know, my experience has been the average doctor is probably, if they can get their practice, like Sharon, you were talking about up to maybe 70, 75, 80% yeah. rather Rather quickly, uh, you're looking at maybe less than $100,000 in a shortfall. And if you said to me, we're going to have the worst uh, health and economic crisis since the 1929 depression, and I'm only going to be out $75,000 and and hopefully be back to normal within a year, that's the hope. I mean, I'll take that bet all day long. What do you think, guys?
2: Oh, I agree. In fact, agree. Uh, we've been yeah. doing uh, we've been doing a lot of projections for our clients. Uh of course they all want to know what, what it's going to look like by the end of the year. And that's anybody's guess. But right now we've sort of lowered our estimates. Initially, we thought everybody would collect about ninety percent of what they collected last year, but we've lowered that to somewhere around eighty to eighty five percent.
0: Right. And remembering that they're out for two months. And Robert, how is tax planning looking for you? It's pretty easy this <laughs> year, right?
2: Oh, it's incredible. (laughs) That was
0: sarcasm, folks. (laughs) Pure Art Wiederman, dental CPA, fricking sarcasm.
2: Well, I think it's doubled for one thing because nobody wants to wait till the fourth quarter to get a tax estimate. Everybody wants to see it now. And then they're going to want to see a revision later in the year.
0: Yeah. Yep. And, and we're going to, as soon as July 15th gets over with, we're going to, we're going to start working on those. And remember folks, at this moment, your PPP expenses that you're spending are not tax deductible. We think that will change. We hope that will change. There's a $25,000 credit for PPE equipment in the offing, not law yet. So we can only go with what's law. So this this has probably been one of the most challenging years as a CPA that I can remember, Robert. How about you?
2: Well, yeah, the, the problem this year, I mean, what we're used to seeing is every year or two, the rules change. What we're seeing this year is every week the rules have changed. Yeah,
0: every day, my God, I have to <laughs> check these. I have to check the 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 Treasury.gov website literally once or twice a day to see if there's a new pronouncement. I, I, I was I was telling the listeners on, on the last podcast I did that um, uh, thir- you know sixty minutes before I was going to go on uh, with a with a webinar with a with a group, um, I got a text from Megan uh, from the ADA she says up oh, there's another pronouncement. I had to stop what I was doing. I had to read it, and it was and it was about it was about what you do with your PPP uh, if you're a commercial fisherman. So, so Robert, maybe we can go back to the guy in Aruba that we went to and, and give him some advice on his PPP. All the time. Anyway, we're getting yeah, to the end. Better fly down there. Yeah, yeah, we'll just have to do that. Sharon, give me one or two pearls of wisdom. A, a doctor is maybe struggling a little bit and coming back and it's not the way it, they envisioned it. And then they're having challenges, maybe one or two things that they can do that they should be looking at going back into opening up. If they're having some issues.
1: I feel like, if you know, I, I feel like so many dentists have trouble with just being a leader. Yeah. And so and, and I spend a lot of time with my doctors on leadership skills. I want, I mean, really, I, I really wanted them when they're done with me that they are great leaders, that they know how to be a leader. And um, I feel like they need to think about even my favorite phrase is fake it till you make it. <laughs> I, I feel like they need to go in and be a leader, even if they have, even if they're nice, they're scared, they're worried, they're not sure. I feel like sometimes you have to show up like you are sure, like you are not worried. And if you show since the team is a mirror image of their leader, if they show up unsure and they show up scared, then their team's going to feel that way. Yep. I mean, so that, I feel that, like my that. one my one pearl is to fake it till you make it and show up as a leader. Yeah, and f- and and then sometimes that means you just have to suck it up and really show that you're strong and every and telling your team everything's going to be okay and not getting them scared. Yep. So that's my first little jewel for them. My second one would be, which. Sounds like a repetition of what we talked about before is that they really have to look at unscheduled treatment. Yeah, which I hate to say that, but I really feel that is another big jewel and a missed thing in a practice and it can get their production up.
0: Yep. Well, that's what we want. Well, guys, one more time, I'd like you to give out your information and I am so thankful to for you both. That you're my friends and my professional colleagues and that you are helping the dental profession. It was funny when when we had, uh, I had uh, Mark Rosen, BJ Coucher, and uh, Bob Gray on the podcast uh, <laughs> about a month and a half ago. And uh, yeah, I, I, I told them, I said, I'm going to do something very rare. I'm not going to talk very much. And, and that's what happened because they have such a wealth of knowledge. BJ made a really <laughs> great point. She said, Robert, we are the financial first responders. Oh, we really are And 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 you're the management first responder For these doctors Because they don't have anybody else So I want you guys If you are looking for a fantastic dental consultant uh, I've known Sharon Tiger Dr. Sharon Tiger for many, many years um, She's as good as it gets Just give her a call Sharon, how do we get a hold of you? 214-673-8399 uh,
1: three, three, nine, nine. And feel free to tech, email me at txtiger.com the number two at gmail.com. Okay.
0: And, and Robert has been just fantastic in sharing in our meetings and our blogs and, and just he and I have talked and he's become a good friend of mine. I, I wish all you guys were closer. Uh, not that Me at this too. moment it matters, but, oh, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, we, we, Robert, Robert and, uh, Sharon and their team hosted this fantastic meeting. It was, it was the last time I was, uh, uh, out of the state of California, which was back in October of last year in Fort Worth. It was wonderful. So, Robert, if you're, guys, if you're, if you're in the state of Texas or in the surrounding areas, look at looking and you're not working with a dental specific CPA, you really need to give Robert a call. Uh, Robert, how do they get a hold of you? It's
2: 972 267 9191, or you can email Christy, K R I S T I S at E and
0: Fantastic. Robert and Sharon, you guys are wonderful. Well, thank you. And uh, hang on, don't go away. Um, I just want to give out everybody one more time my information. If you want to get a hold of me at my office in Tustin, 714 505 9000. Art Wiederman, W I E D E R M A N at gmail.com. If you have a question, I've answered hundreds, literally hundreds of questions, uh, from, from all over the country. I'll be happy to do that. If you need a referral of the academy to the academy, I'll make that. Uh, go to our website, Decisions and Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Go to our website for all the prior podcasts. This is number 82, uh, at, uh, cpa.com I have I have uh, spreadsheets I have a six month financial planning spreadsheet I have a 24 week uh, PPP planning spreadsheet to make sure you spend all your money uh, and that you we try and get everybody maximum forgiveness Uh, and if you are looking for a dental specific CPA anywhere in the United States if it's in the state of Texas you're listening to the guy that you need to be calling that's Robert Edwards and Associates Uh, anywhere else in the country go to www.ad E-c-p-a.org. I'm in Southern California, north of San Diego. We have a great San Diego firm. Uh, I cover all of Southern California. And uh, again, I want to guys thank you so much. Really appreciate your time oh, and your pleasure. expertise. And uh, thank you Art. Can't can't wait for the time that I get to see you and give you guys big hugs and all this stuff and uh we're folks, do some more fishing. Yeah, oh my god, yes, we must do more <laughs> fishing. We must, we must, we must. So, uh, anyway, folks, thank you. Please tell all your friends about the podcast. It's exploding all over the country. I'm so honored and humbled with all the nice calls and comments we're getting. I know we're doing the right thing. We want to help the dental profession. This is a challenging time, but I'm going to leave you with the 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 catchphrase i lose I, I say at the end of every podcast failure is not an option right guys right Right. there you Absolutely. go see we agree again wonderful
1: yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> well that that's it for this episode of the art of dental finance so with much art. oh you're welcome that's the that's it for this episode of the art of dental finance with art wiederman the art of dental finance and management uh, with art wiederman cpa thank you for listening we'll see you next time bye-bye